Now, we know that this is what Jesus meant because after making this statement, the Lord goes on in the Olivet Discourse to emphasize that the people who will be alive during that tribulation time, the time leading up to his second coming, will not be ready for him to return at that moment because they will not know the exact day of his arrival. He keeps exhorting them, be ready, be ready, because you don't know. You don't know. Many Christians over the centuries have been deceived by those who try to set dates for Christ's return. This has led to a lot of confusion for believers and a bad reputation for Christianity as a whole. Whatever the motives that drove the date setters, they all had misinterpreted scripture. That's why it's so important that we compare scripture with scripture and seek to rightly divide the word of truth. You have tuned in to Verse by Verse. This daily radio Bible class comes to you from Lakeside Community Chapel, 1893 Sunset Point Road, Clearwater, Florida. Our instructor, Steve Kreloff, has been the pastor of Lakeside for over 30 years. His systematic teaching method of going verse by verse through the Bible has been a blessing to hundreds of believers over these years. His messages have led to this outreach ministry of radio broadcasts now beginning its fourth year. Verse by Verse is a listener-supported ministry and depends on interested listeners like you to keep it on the air. The costs of producing these broadcasts, plus airtime, amount to a considerable amount over the years. Without the prayers and gifts of friends of the ministry, we could not continue to bring you these enriching Bible studies. Won't you ask the Lord what He would have you do to help keep the ministry going? You can call us at 727-239-0306 for more information on how to donate. You can also donate safely online by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and clicking on the Donate button. You can make a one-time donation or a regular monthly gift. Anything you can do would be greatly appreciated. You can also help the ministry by praying for it every day. In today's class, Pastor Steve continues his study on why Jesus told his disciples that only the Father knows the time of his return. Here's Pastor Steve. Now, there were times when Jesus did demonstrate his ability to know certain information that was impossible to know apart from either the use of his own divine omniscience or the Father revealing that information to him. For example... There was the time, we're told in John chapter 3, when Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jewish people, came to Jesus by night. And he starts complimenting him and he said something to the effect of, Jesus, we know that you're, you are from God because no rabbi could speak like this if he's not from God. Jesus just interrupts him and says, you must be born again. You can't see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. Why did he say that? Nicodemus didn't even get to his point because Jesus knew that's why Nicodemus came to him. He knew he was struggling, though a ruler of the Jewish people and a teacher, he knew that what was on Nicodemus's heart was that he didn't know whether he was going to die. When he died, he was going to go to heaven. He didn't know if he was righteous enough. And Jesus just cuts to the chase and answers the question before he even asks it, because he knew. Nicodemus, you got to be born again. Don't you understand what Ezekiel was talking about concerning regeneration? You're a ruler of the Jews and you don't know this. I mean, the point is the Lord knew what was on his heart before Nicodemus revealed what was on his heart. Either the Lord used 
divine omniscience there because the father said you can use it in that case or else the father revealed it to him. Then there was the time that he met the Samaritan woman at the well and he told her that he knew all about her, all about her past history with men. He knew that she had had several husbands and that the man she was presently living with was not her husband. How did he know that? Divine omniscience that the father said you can use in this case or else he revealed it to him. He had never met this woman before. Then there was the time that the Lord told Nathaniel, who became one of his disciples, that he knew what he was like and what he had been doing even before they met. He said, Nathaniel, I saw you under the fig tree. And Nathaniel said, you are the Messiah. You're, you are the king of Israel. He also had said to Nathaniel, who, who had just previously said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Jesus said, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. In other words, Nathaniel, I know what you're like. You're a straight, you're a straight shooter. You hold back no punches. You say whatever is on your mind. You just put down my city. I know what you're like. And Nathaniel understood. Jesus knew all about him. So, as we put all these verses and truths together, we come to this conclusion. In the days of our Lord's earthly ministry as man, he purposefully and voluntarily restricted his divine knowledge, the use of his divine knowledge, so that he knew certain things only when the Father allowed him to use his omniscience or when the Father revealed these things to him. And since the Father never revealed to him the specific time of his return to earth and did not permit him to use his omniscience to know the day and hour that he was coming back, then Jesus was quite accurate and quite it was quite appropriate for him to say, and it was not a theological problem for him to say, that he did not know that information. Now, you might wonder, well, does he know that now? And my response is, of course. Of course he knows it now. Because the days of his earthly ministry are over. There is no reason now for him to voluntarily restrict any of the use of his attributes. In fact, the book of Revelation presents Christ as the glorified, all-powerful, and sovereign Lord of the universe without any limitations. It's also interesting to note that after the resurrection, the Lord, just before he ascends to go back to heaven meets with his disciples in Jerusalem, and they ask a question about when he's coming back. And he tells them, you don't know, you don't need to know, just witness for me. But he does not include himself in not knowing. Let me show you this, Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, very interesting. They're meeting in Jerusalem, Acts 1, starting... At verse 6, so when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? They still want to know when. They still tell us when. And Jesus said to them, it's not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Now, what he means by this is don't worry about when I'm coming back. You don't need to know. It's not revealed to you. You just witness. You just be about fulfilling the Great Commission. Don't be concerned about when 
I'm coming back. Just be obedient until I return. But it's fascinating here that the Lord said, you don't know, you don't need to know. But he didn't say he didn't know. Why? Because he did know at that point. There is no reason after his death and then burial and then resurrection for him to restrict any of his divine attributes. Now, going back to what Jesus said, we go back to Matthew twenty-four thirty-six. There is another question, and hopefully that has helped you in understanding why he said, I didn't know this. There is another question, though, that has baffled some students of the Bible concerning what Jesus said in this verse. Now, let me read the verse again to you. Verse 36, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the son, but the father. Now, notice that Jesus said that no one knows the day that he'll return. And that includes the angels and himself. Only the father, he said, knows the precise moment of his return. Now, listen closely. By this statement, Jesus is saying that no human being, no human being at any time, time period in history, not even those who will be alive during the days of the tribulation will be able to know the specific day and hour when he's coming back because that information has not been revealed to anyone. It hasn't been revealed. It won't be revealed. Not even will it be revealed during the days of the tribulation. Now, we know that this is what Jesus meant because after making this statement, the Lord goes on in the Olivet Discourse to emphasize that the people who will be alive during that tribulation time, the time leading up to his second coming, will not be ready for him to return at that moment because they will not know the exact day of his arrival. He keeps exhorting them, be ready, be ready, because you don't know. You don't know. Let me show you. Verse 42. Therefore, be on the alert, for you don't know which day your Lord is coming. Verse 44. For this reason, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not think he will. Verse 50. The master of that slave will come on the day when he does not expect him at an hour which he does not know. And then chapter 25, verse 13. So be on the alert. for You don't know the day nor the hour. Now, he's addressing people who will be alive during the tribulation times. And he said, be ready because you don't know when I'm coming back. Now, although the Bible doesn't say why God won't reveal the presence or the precise time of Christ's return, why he won't reveal that to Christians who will be alive during the tribulation, I can think of a good reason why the Lord will not, has not revealed that information to anyone why he's going to withhold it from them, because not only would it not benefit them, it would spiritually harm them. Say, how so? Well, human nature, being what it is, if believers alive during the tribulation knew when Jesus was returning, the precise moment, they could very easily justify retreating from and relinquishing all their God-given responsibilities. Why do anything? He's coming back. I'll just sit back and I'll be lackadaisical and I will wait for him to return. Well, why do I say that that would probably be the case? Because that's what happens to the Thessalonians, at least to some of them. I want you to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. While you're turning there, let me say this. Paul 
emphasize, as you read First and Second Thessalonians, you see that Paul emphasized to this church, more than any other church, the truths about the rapture of the church and the, and the second coming of Christ. And apparently some of the Christians at Thessalonica misinterpreted or misapplied, I should say, what Paul was teaching. And they just actually stopped going to work, sat back, became lazy, lived off of others, and thought, you know what, I'll just wait for the Lord to return. Kind of like going up on a high mountain and just saying, I'm looking, and that's all. Well, notice 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting at verse 10, we read, For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order, if anyone is not willing to work, then he is not to eat either. For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work at all, but acting like busybodies. Now, such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to work in quiet fashion and eat their own bread. Now, in context, it would appear that they stopped working because they were just waiting for the Lord. And Paul said, no, you wait, you don't work, you don't eat. So anyway, going back, I can see why the Lord has not revealed that and will not reveal that to Christians during the tribulation, because that's. That's very likely what they would do. However, even though we can envision, I think very easily, this type of problem arising for believers living during the tribulation, if they knew the exact day when Christ was coming back, the question still remains, and this is what has puzzled some people. Why won't people who will be alive at the time of the tribulation, why won't they be able to figure out when Christ will return? Why not? After all, Scripture makes it clear that the tribulation will last seven years. And Daniel chapter 9 states that it officially begins with a peace treaty signed by the Antichrist and the nation of Israel, whoever their leaders will be at the time. Based on this information, it would seem that anyone tuned into the Bible during those days could figure out when the seven years would end down to the very day. And the reason I say that is because as you look in the book of Revelation, God puts those tribulation times in the form of months and even days. He doesn't just round it out. He is very precise about it. So why couldn't they figure it out? Why won't anyone living at that time be able to calculate these figures and arrive at the precise day and hour that Jesus will come back? Well, the answer is found just a few verses back starting in verse 29 of Matthew 24. Notice this. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken and then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Now, notice exactly what Jesus said. Notice at the beginning of verse 29 that he said, but immediately after the tribulation of those days. You see, contrary to what what many believe, the tribulation does not officially end with Christ's coming. His coming follows, Jesus said, sometime after the end of the tribulation. 
sometime after. But no one knows, and the Father hasn't revealed it to anyone, just how long after the tribulation closes that he'll return. It may be days. It could be weeks. Listen, it might even be months after the tribulation before he returns. That is to say that believers living at that time can and will know that his coming is soon because the signs will tell them this, but they will not be able to know or figure out the exact day and hour of his return because the Father has not revealed that information to anyone. And that's why Jesus said, be ready. Because you're not going to be able to figure it out. You don't know when I'm coming back. So be ready for me at any moment. Now, in spite of what Jesus, I think, very clearly spelled out here concerning no one knowing the day and the hour of his return, there have been people, in fact, many people, who have disregarded his words by setting a date for the second coming. I did a little research on this, and I discovered, and it may surprise you to know, that during the last 2,000 years, there have been, get this, about 220 dates and counting that have been predicted for the time of Christ's arrival. 220 dates. And Jesus said, you don't know. But some have said, well, we'll figure it out. They don't. So I want to warn you as my beloved flock, don't pay attention to anyone who tells you that they figured out when Jesus is returning. Because they haven't. They don't know. Not only are they wrong, but it isn't helpful to you. It isn't edifying to you. In the past, this kind of stuff of date setting has only brought disillusionment to those believers who have embraced it. I've lived through the time where people, Christians, got very excited as 1988 arrived. As I've told you before, there was a booklet that said, 88 reasons why Jesus is returning in 1988. I was pastor here at this time, and there were people who I thought were more mature than they really were who embraced this, gullible, naive. And, and after 1988 came and went, they, they were terribly disappointed. People tend to get very excited about this only to be confused and hurt and disappointed and wondering what, what's going on when that day comes and it goes and Christ isn't here. But not only that, date setting always makes Christians look just like a bunch of religious quacks to the unsaved. They look at us and they say, they're nuts. And I understand we come across like that when you start setting dates. So don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy in pursuing any dates for the Lord's return because no one knows the day and hour when he's coming back. And listen, don't fall for this as some have said, well, we might not know the precise day and hour, but we can figure out the month. He's coming back in October because that's when the Jewish feasts are and it must be the... Listen... Jesus said very clearly, you can't figure it out. You don't know. And what he meant is you don't know anything about the time except that it's going to closely follow the signs of the tribulation. So don't let anybody seduce you into thinking that, well, it's not the precise hour, but we can know the general season. We can, that, that goes beyond what Jesus is saying. That, that violates what he's saying. Now, even though we can see the wisdom in God not revealing the day of Christ's return to Christians who will be alive during the tribulation, you may wonder why God will withhold this information from 
non-Christians from non-Christians living at that time? And that is a legitimate question. But let me before I say that, let me let me back up and say say this in case somebody tells you that they do know the the date. Listen, Jesus said that not even the angels who are around the throne of God know when Christ is coming back. You think some mere individual on earth is going to figure this all out when angels don't even know this? It's nonsense. So let me leave that subject and move on. Why, though, why, though, wouldn't the Lord reveal to non-Christians living at that time when he's returning? Because after all, it sounds reasonable to assume that if non-Christians alive at that time knew, only knew when Jesus was coming back, they'd, they'd make sure that they were saved before it was too late. Well, that may sound reasonable to us, but that is not the way it's going to be during the tribulation. That's not the way salvation works with people because that will not be the attitude of the vast majority of non-Christians living at that time. See, even though the, the unsaved will witness all the signs pointing to the nearness of Christ's return, frankly, it won't make a bit of difference to them at all. How do we know this? Because as Jesus continues explaining to his disciples about the time of his return, he proceeds to tell them what life will be like and the attitude that will prevail among non-Christians in the days leading up to his return. Look at verses 37 through 39. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they did not understand until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. The Lord compares the days before his return with the days just prior to the flood, the days of, of Noah. His point being that the same attitude, folks, of complacency that prevailed just before God sent the judgment of the flood is going to characterize the world of unbelievers just before he returns in judgment. It will be the same attitude. As we look around us today and see many, many churches where the Word of God is no longer taught as the final authority, we also see professing Christians who are complacent about their relationship to the Lord Jesus. We see the words of Jesus fulfilled when he told Timothy that the time would come when Christians would no longer endure sound doctrine. For many, church has become a place of entertainment, not a place of worship and learning from God's holy word. You can listen to this Bible lesson again by going to our website, versebyverseradio.org, and stream it or download it to share with a friend. Just click on Message Archive, then Sort by Date to find the right program. While there, why not browse around the archive and see the many different series of Bible studies by Pastor Steve Kreloff that may be of interest and help to you. You can also sign up for our free podcasting service and the monthly newsletter. That website, again, is versebyverseradio.org. And don't forget to check out the possibility of donating online by clicking the Donate button. You may also donate through the mail. Write to Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. That's Verse by Verse Ministries, P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758. 
You can call us at 727-239-0306 if you have any questions about today's class or would just like to talk with someone about spiritual matters. That's 727-239-0306. We would love to share with you from the Bible how you can be saved and know for certain that you have a home in heaven. Thanks for listening today. On our next program, Steve will wrap up this message on the time of Christ's return. Be sure to be here. I'm your announcer, Jerry Pruden. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. Worship is a unique expression of emotion in all of creation. Worship is something that every human being does. We all worship something. But worship can only truly be received by one thing, and that is God himself. In the New Testament, one of the ways that we know that Jesus is God is because Jesus accepted worship. Only God can receive worship. Even the angels 